Welcome to the LVR Podcast, a podcast designed for Australian mortgage brokers made by brokers. We're here to help answer your questions with solid industry answers. Learning, validation, and respect. Now, here's your hosts, Ruan Berger and Marissa Schultz. Welcome back for another episode. We're super keen that you're here to join myself and Ruan. Hi, everyone. And we also have a special guest today, which I'll introduce to you shortly. Today, we are talking about commercial and specifically diversifying into commercial, when it's a good idea to consider diversifying into commercial and what different options do you have available to you to actually diversify into commercial? What's your thoughts on the whole diversification into commercial piece, Ruan? It's one that um, through both businesses that I had, I never went the commercial way. And it's not that I didn't understand it as much as I was very concerned about the time that it would take from me. Um, When you work in the resi space and you really are lock, stock and barrel committed to that resi outcome and that residential play, I think sometimes it's the know what you know and the don't know what you don't know. And I think I just didn't know enough um, to really go, how does this look? How does it feel? How does it play out? That's such a good point because I think that's really what holds most brokers back from diversifying into commercial. It's just the fear of the unknown. It's just, you know, and it's it's that fear that it's a bit harder than than resi loans. And, and the truth yeah. is once you've actually done commercial lending, you realise actually it's not harder. You know, in some ways it's easier, but it's just that you don't actually uh, know what you don't know when, you, when you're not yeah. experienced at doing it. And it feels harder because you're not used to doing yeah. it. You don't know where to go or who to turn to necessarily. And I don't think you want to let anyone down. I think that's what holds you back sometimes too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, But obviously, you know, diversification is an important element because if you're not servicing your customers every need, then they're going to be going elsewhere. And, you know, if they are going to another mortgage broker that does offer them a commercial offering, you've got to question whether they'd also offer them a resi offering, which could, could threaten that you can potentially lose their resi business. So... I guess that's a great point to introduce our guest today. Our guest today is Dino Pascala, who is the head of third-party relationships at Marketplace, who obviously knows a lot about diversification in commercial. Uh, what are your thoughts on whether you know diversification in commercial is a good thing, or um, you know, at what point should a business be considering this, Dino? Yeah, hello guys. Thank you for having me on the podcast. Um, great first question to start with. Listen, if, uh, I think regardless if you're a new to industry broker or you're somebody who's been around the traps for a while, having that whole suite of offering for your clientele, again, I think Marissa mentioned it earlier with Ryan, it, it's about not losing those opportunities to, to a competitor. Yeah. And whether that's from a resi standpoint that flows through to a commercial standpoint, whether it may be asset finance, um, and there's many opportunities to learn either whilst on the job or through different industry courses that, that either the associations are running or particularly even going through your own aggregator. The support is there. So I'd, I'd give people advice if you are sort of new to the broking industry and you're learning residential or commercial on the forefront and learn that at the same time because if you start getting extremely busy with your resi book, um, next thing you know, you're going to be doing 7, 10, 15, 20 applications every week or every fortnight and that time becomes extremely limited to start putting on some new knowledge 
So, Dino, just on that note, the whole issue you sometimes for mortgage brokers is that they're already busy. And so when they start, it's what they know. So they're very keen to try and get, do the best they can in the residential space. So being that resi broker, which is almost now taking that time away from them is time that they couldn't give here. So how would you with that? Um, is it is it one of those things then where you say you just from the start, you've got to already build it into your proposition? Is that where you're going? Absolutely. If you're newer, absolutely, Ryan. But if you're, if you're somebody like yeah. when you're running your business or Marissa's business in SA as well, you've been around, there's a strong residential feel and you're extremely maybe time poor when it comes to branching out and diversifying the business into different avenue streams. Mm. Um, but there are different parts of it. Whether you're a busy residential rider or somebody new to the industry, there are certain brokers sort of put their head in the sand, and I think, Ron, you mentioned it, either it's too complicated, it's going to take me too much time, it'll take me away from my core focus of the business, which may be that credential component. Yeah. But how about looking at the support aspects that can actually help you diversify and bring in further revenue streams? Mm. Because essentially, if they're not doing three things for a broker's business and bringing in new clients, reducing the runoff and increasing a new revenue stream or creating a new revenue stream, then maybe you shouldn't be doing it for the business. Mm. So as I mentioned earlier, look at the support network through an yeah. aggregator, through an association, or through a referral partner network that can assist you fulfil those service offerings that you're taking to your client. So for businesses that do want to diversify into commercial but don't feel like they've got the time to do the commercial loans themselves, what are some of the avenues and options that you have seen work well out there, Dino? Well, through what we do, and, and there's a few other companies that do similar referral models. Mm-hmm. Is it like a spot and refer type thing? Um, potentially. We, we offer that, but we also offer on the job training. Hence, I was asking, I was sort of mentioning previous, if people want to start learning, there are on the job avenues that you can take. So you're ticking the box of bringing new revenue streams whilst getting an education in the commercial sector. Mm. So you might only use these referral offerings mm-hmm. for two or three years till you've built up the commercial knowledge. Um, we do that marketplace, sure. but there are other organisations that offer a more of a tick and flick exercise, as much as I demise that term, <laughs> but you can use that. But build up the knowledge, build up the people and, and the trust that you actually are dealing with it because at the end of the day, these organisations are going to be talking to your, your clients. And as you, build, as you build to become bigger, is it fair to say it's uh, you can't hide from these type of clientele because... You, you may have engaged them first on a residential proposition, uh, but they are just that type of client that ha- does have uh, uh, self-employed interests, etc. So you now, by hook or crook, you've got to make a decision like um, if you're not going to service them, as you know, Dino, you pointed out earlier too, uh, someone else will. Well, absolutely. Well, we know. What, what, I think it's 30% in the industry most um, residential clients are self-employed that brokers have on their books. So if, even if you look at that and we look at, that even though we know that 69, 70% of the broker broker channel is riding the home loans, on the commercial sector, it's around 32%, and that's predicted to go to around 45 to 50% in the next two years with the resi space hitting 80%. Mm. But even if you look at that trajectory of where it's heading, um, if you're not starting to get a piece of that market share now, um, outside of your knowledge and your skill set to being able to offer that suite of services to your client base, whether that's new or existing, you're right, Ron, there's going to be clients that will go elsewhere because mm. whether they're for a short-term unsecured debt or they're wanting to do a development project with a with a syndicate of three or four other businesses, 
Um, you either need to know how to identify those opportunities, have a conversation with those prospects, and being able to either fulfill it yourself or use a third-party network that's going to help you fulfill that transaction. So with these third-party networks, do they normally represent themselves as part of the brand of the referrer or is it um, the referrer, you know, the the mortgage broker who's referring to, you know, a place like Marketplace would basically say, oh, you know, our business doesn't do this but but this business does? How does it normally work? Yeah, I'll I'll speak on behalf of Marketplace, Marissa. I'm not exactly sure how the others operate. Um, but we, we get introduced from to the client from the referrer and the referrer 99.9% of the time will introduce us as the commercial um, lending experts. At that point, the referrer can stay involved in that transaction if they want to learn on the job or if they're extremely busy and time poor with what they're currently focusing on in their business, they'll refer the client directly to us with a warm introduction and our commercial brokers will run with transactions with regular updates back to the referrer. Okay. So just if I can ask you on that, you know, then mate, you've seen it all now. Um, you've been around the block. You've you've um, seen businesses that are mature. You've seen businesses that are in the growth phase. You've seen businesses that are quite new. Um, out of your experience, what do you think, if you think of those three different levels, how do you think um, each of them should, out of just what you've seen, um, what, what take do most of them have? And you know, what do you think is a good idea for them if you're quite a mature business versus one that is in that growth phase versus one that is quite new to the industry? And if I say new to the industry, let's make it the 20, 40, uh, 24 months, the last 24 months. Yeah. Well, well, if they're starting off, and what I'm starting to see, people are, are promoting what they're doing better than probably five, six years ago. Okay. So we've got different means to that. So brokers are advertising, okay, we do residential, but guess what? We can do consumer lending, we can do asset finance, we can do commercial okay. and, and have the right referral partners outside of that, so real estate agents, accountants, whoever, that they're really becoming that one-stop shop. And I'm starting to see it with more mature businesses now as well, where okay. they may have 10, 15, 20 loan riders within that business. 99% was it continuing to do residential lending, but now all of a sudden they're starting to see the benefits of either bringing in a commercial broker or teaming up with a third party to say, listen, guess what, clients? We actually do commercial now. So the promotion and the awareness that I'm seeing publicly by either new brokers or more mature businesses, I think people are starting to realise I need to start getting a piece of this pie because I'm going to get left behind in Mm. three or four years. And let's not forget, we've been talking about diversification for, geez, 10 years in the industry. Mm. And, like, when's it going to stop? When all of a sudden are we going to get brokers that go, well, everybody's doing it now and it becomes the norm. Yeah. And if you're not part of that in the next 12 months, well, I personally think you're going to be left behind. Yeah. Mm. And, I mean, do you? what are your thoughts in relation to whether a broker should try and do both commercial and resi themselves versus, I mean, we've just spoken about, you know, businesses that are getting, you know, commercial arms or, or joining up with other parties that can provide the commercial, but... What are your thoughts on whether a single broker can do both resi and commercial and do both well uh, just on, on their own? What are your thoughts around that, Dino? It's a good question. <laughs> if, if you're a successful and, let, let's say, uh, I suppose, extremely busy writer on the residential side, mm-hmm. I think it becomes challenging to mm. do both. Agree. Yeah. Even if you have the correct support network, 
whether you're outsourcing, you're processing and admin type of stuff, it does become difficult because we're not, sometimes we're not talking about commercial transactions that can settle in four to six weeks. We potentially could be talking things that stay in your books for six, eight and potentially 12 months. Yeah. Um, and they're not so forthcoming either. They're not something that drops every week on your desk. Yeah, absolutely right. So it'd, go, it'd be remiss of me if, if I was to say go do both because it sort of mm, shoots yeah. myself in the foot on what we do at Marketplace Finance. But <laughs> we've been there through experience and the whole Marketplace Finance was, was created because we were getting a lot of residential brokers coming to us because they wanted that assistance on the commercial side and going, either I don't have the time, I don't have the capability to do it, or I'm not comfortable to do it. So can you help me? And then two years later, this whole third-party network was created. And yeah. as I mentioned, you've got 1,500 brokers out there that are now using it because of one of those three reasons. Look, I agree with you. I think that it is difficult for a broker that is, you know, has a large client base writing, writing good volumes to actually do both well because I think that um, if you're not experienced at commercial lending, then it can take a lot of time when a commercial application comes across your desk, a lot more time than it would take someone that is experienced at commercial lending. And you may not necessarily have the contacts or the connections that you need that would that you'd be able to leverage off of and, and really do the commercial deal efficiently uh, as, as someone that is in it all, all day, every day. So I think, you know, there is some valid points around that, definitely. What do you think, Rowan? Well, for starters, I think if there's 1,500 people referring to you guys, it clearly states that um, there's maybe from broker, there's this point uh, to note that, you know, our preference for a lot of us will be resi first, resi second, and then whatever comes next. Uh, So (laughs) it's then looking at third, fourth and say, what, what is out there that can assist us with that so that we don't lose the client? Why? Because the client is why we're in this. We, we love the client engagement. Um, but also, I think it's fair to say that um, in Resi, you know, what what have taken us time to build, especially, you know, if we refer to, to businesses that's been around a while, we've got great stands um, within the Resi space and when it comes to lenders. Uh, when the commercial, it's a similar play. And if you start late, you don't, like you said, Marissa, you don't have all those uh, lenders maybe that you may have access to because you haven't done the time per se. Mm. And if it's not a true flow of business that just drop on your desk every week, it's... Um, it is a bit more ad hoc. Uh, the other thing is, you know, like you said, is uh, we, we're also uh, creatures of our own demise. We uh, get so used to chasing finance states and things, and then you get the commercial that can be a very different play, timelines and everything, and it's I, I would almost fell out of my depth sometimes. So I think if I had that commercial deal, um, just because everything is slower, mm. where we're so used to doing things so fast, Um but I do think, uh, Marissa, you made this point earlier, and do you know, I think this is the unknown truth for me with so many people out there, is that the commercial isn't significantly harder in many ways. Uh, some commercial deals we've done within our old business was easier. Yeah. It, I was surprised how easy it was compared to some of the recent deals with structures. Absolutely. Yeah. That, and that's the thing. It's just the fear of the unknown, isn't it? Like it's just not knowing what to do or where to go. So, I mean, I guess um, just to sort of we're running out of time, Dino, but I'd love us to finish up with just some steps that brokers can take if they are thinking that they do want to think about diversification into commercial. Um, if a business is just at the early stages of thinking about, okay, well, this is something that I want to do, but how do I actually go about mm. doing it? What sort of steps would you recommend to them to actually 
start investigating their options and start moving towards a path where they could have a diversification into commercial as part of their offering? Yeah, well, definitely work on the skill set around the knowledge and the base of of what you're going to be having those conversations, whether you're writing it in-house or referring the transaction out, you still want to be comfortable with maybe answering the first four or five questions with, from the client. So again, it starts building that level of trust, whether that stays in-house or goes out. Yeah. Um, but new brokers, even existing ones, as I mentioned, we're starting to see everybody promoted out. So letting everyone know that you can do commercial now, you're just not fully a residential broker. Um, one, your existing clients will start to know that, particularly if you're sending regular EDMs out. It can be included in that as a regular course of communication. Mm. Um, build relationships with consultants as well. So different communication channels and relationships through existing customers, whether they're accountants, solicitors, builders, anybody else that's going to have leads to particular transactions. Start building a stronger relationship with these consultants and these referral partners that potentially maybe sending you residential transactions, but what are they doing on their commercial ones if they're playing in that space? Yeah. Dino, can I quickly just on that, I hope you don't mind, because that that I find really interesting is um, we just talked about accountants. I think so many resi brokers do have accountants that they work with, but they're not really, um, for one reason or another, they don't know how to articulate that message. Where does people go if that's something that of interest? Because let's say they do work with two accountants, where can they go to get a bit of insights on how to best work those relationships? Because it's almost like that's more important than the clientele you can get because that's what gets you the clientele, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, right. They, they can come to us and we can assist them with that. Okay. But, but again, they, they should be able to go through one of their industry associations, whichever one that they're a member of. Mm. There are good workbooks around bringing on referral partners. Awesome. Uh, and, and, and again, it, it is resi focused, but you can easily, I suppose, cement that through a commercial standpoint. Um, and again, we, we're more than happy to assist on that. But speak to your aggregator BDMs and your ag- aggregator relationship managers. They, a lot of those BDMs have been around for years. And, mm. and even though they're focused on resi, but certain ones will have that commercial background as well. And given that they're BDMs and relationship managers, they know how to build these from scratch. So use that skill set to help that part of your business. If, if going out and business developing isn't a strong point in your business, use the resources around you. Yeah. Yeah. Use them, use everyone that you can do would be, don't, don't be scared to ask. I think yeah. we've got so many egos within our industry, which is fantastic. And what makes us great, Ruan? No. That, was, that wasn't a question. We have so many lovely people in our industry, Dino. <laughs> that wasn't a question. Uh, <laughs> but I think, I think as soon as you realize that so many people are willing to give you five minutes of their time, 10 minutes of their time, and you go, shit, I, I actually need to ask someone a question. Mm. You'll, you'll be surprised what, how much you can learn from people, and yeah. let alone that you'd make a great connection and you actually continue building your network. Um, it's amazing to do that, but uh, sometimes we forget that mm. yeah. simple question and people are willing to help. I think it's that, um, it's that um, scaredness of asking a silly question. <laughs> and I'm going to put you on the spot here, Dino, and say, would you be happy to speak to any broker that's looking at diversifying into commercial and have a bit of a chat with them if they want to sort of flesh it out a bit more with you. Absolutely. I do it, I do it every day, Marissa, so why not? Mm. Excellent. So you've heard it here. Dino's happy to help. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. All the um, it's been a really great chat and obviously, you know, we're hoping that this has been a value to our listeners and we really thank you, Dino, for joining us and sharing your wisdom with us today. Thank you, Dino. Thank you very much. And if you have 
enjoyed the podcast today, please subscribe to our podcast channel and please share it with anyone that you think would have value and find value out of it. We're trying to help as many mortgage brokers in Australia as we can. So please share the love and we will look forward to catching up with you again next time. Thank you very much. Thank you, everyone. Cheers till next time. Thanks for listening to the LVR podcast. We hope you gained massive value from today's episode. And we'd like to thank our sponsor, Success and Broker and The Broker Journal, driving broker routines and behaviors for better client outcomes. If you found this podcast helpful, please subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you gave us a five-star review. That way, it'll help others who would value this content too. We'll join you in the next episode.